Welcome to the ACC Podcast. We're honored that you took some time out of your day to listen to one of our weekly messages. We hope that these messages bring you closer to Jesus, strengthen your faith, and deepen your understanding about the Bible. If you're thinking of attending ACC, we're currently holding one service at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. You can visit our website for more information. That's anacortischristian.church. That's A-N-A-C-O-R-T-E-S Christian.church. You can also visit our website if you have any questions about ACC, like our core beliefs, where we are located, or if you'd like to get in contact with us, we would love to hear from you. So, whether you're sitting, driving, or exercising, thanks for tuning in. Let's dive into the Bible together. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Anacortes Christian Church. My name is Mark Bryant, and I'm glad to be here with you on this sunny on the inside day um, that we all get to enjoy. And uh, yeah, looking forward to to being together to worship and now to to study God's word. And um, we are we are starting a, a new series today, going into the book of Joshua. If you've been here, we've been asking the question, "What is the gospel?" and um, it's, I think, pretty neat to just look at, sometimes even when we're planning this or whatever, sometimes it, we're kind of questioning, okay, is this, is this the right next step? Is this the way it is? And I have no doubt that God has a plan uh, for us, and I'm looking forward to kind of this next stage of the journey that we're in. Um, but welcome, whether you're online, whether you're here in person, we want to offer everyone the opportunity. There's a box in the back that we would love to hear back from you, uh, especially those that are here. It's an opportunity to worship um, through giving. That's also available online as well. Um, and the giving aspect, this is just a, an opportunity to worship the Lord. You know, and as my boys now are, are getting, growing up in that stage of life where they're starting to earn a little money and we're starting to talk about, you know, and I tell them my stories of like, yeah, I've, I've gone through different stages of life where, you know, that wasn't that important. And uh, I've... I've also seen the impact <laughs> that it makes in my worship. Um, and so when it comes to forming habits around giving back uh, and not just holding on so tightly. So we want to invite you, especially all of those who call this their church home, um, to participate in that. We're also starting to, you know, ask the question. Of course, we're coming into summertime, and, um, but we're coming out of this long season. And, and so I know there's some small groups and things that are starting, you know, to meet back together. And, and we're asking those questions. Okay, Lord, what does this look like? Summer, normally people traditionally kind of take off for vacations and things. But we just want to say, hey, welcome. We are grateful that you're here. We want you to be involved more than just on a Sunday morning. We know that that takes being in, in one another's living rooms, uh, being in one another's lives, more importantly. And again, whether you're here in person, whether you're at home, we pray that you can connect. And we're trusting just how all of that looks to the Lord. So um, I guess contact us. We're still figuring it all out. There are groups that are starting to meet and some that are starting to think about it as well. And so we want to be involved together because we know we really can't do this alone. So when it comes to the, the book of Joshua, I don't know how much you've or how recently you've read this story or, or read this. Um, sometimes, I know I was guilty of this when it came to school time, when it came to studying history, 
There was just this, you know, it got boiled down to facts and dates and people and tests, and, and I hated it. But when you read the story of history and you start to understand and realize, especially what you read in the Bible is far more than just some history book telling us about past events that we can just yawn about. History is a story. Even made-up stories, as we know from watching movies and watching, reading books and things like that, even made-up stories impact us. Um, but there's nothing quite like a true story. You know, Brian Robson gave us a little picture of that a couple weeks ago when he stood up here and, and told us a little piece of his story, wrestling with certain habits and things that he tried to let go of. And when you start to hear someone's story, you get to learn from it. You get to put yourself in their shoes as Mike has been telling us, the gospel is a story. It's not some presentation or what it, it's a story. It's far greater than any story you could ever imagine because it's a story that you get to enter into. It's a story that impacts every moment of our life and at its core, it's a story about a king who came to serve, to save, and then to sit down at the right hand of God as a king of kings and lord of lords. But what does it look like to join his story, to live with him as your king? The book of Joshua gives us a story. It's a glimpse into what it looks like. To go on a grand adventure with the Lord as your king. This is relevant because the gospel is, just, is not just some story from the past. It's an invitation to join God's story and to go on a grand adventure with the Lord. Today, I get the privilege to introduce the story. And over the next couple months, as we walk through it, we get to see what does it look like to live our life with Christ as our King. So I'd like to pray again, and we'll get into the story. Father, we are grateful this morning for the gift of worshiping you. Father, I miss the sunshine on the outside, but we are, we are grateful, Lord, that we get to live with the hope of you as our king. And I pray today as we, as we just enter the story of Joshua, I pray that you would guide us and lead us, Father, open our eyes so that we can see what you want us to see. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know how long ago it's been now. We were in the book of Exodus probably years ago. Uh, but let's, you know, the quick recap of the story, because what's amazing is at any significant points in history, you know, even today, there's significant points in history when people get together more often than not, they tell the story. And what is the story? Stories help shape our identity. They help kind of give some background and information about who we are and where we're going. And so if we know the story, the people were in Egypt and then God sent someone, Moses, to save them out of the Egypt, and they went through the Red Sea. They were there at Mount Sinai where God gave them this covenant and instituted this, this marriage covenant between him and between his people. And then we get to walk with them, and we, walked, and we talked about this you know, some years ago as they walked through the wilderness. Then they got once to the, to the promised land. There on the bank of the Jordan River, they sent in the 12 spies and as the story goes, as they you know, turned away from there and they spent 40 more years in the desert. And then as Moses and all the other adults except for Caleb and Joshua passed away, 
And now we pick up the story right back at the bank of the Jordan River. And we read in Joshua 1, verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go. The book of Joshua begins and ends with a couple funerals. Today we're just going to start, open the book, but it starts talking about Moses is now gone. And a huge chunk of the Old Testament up till this point was all about Moses and was all that he had done. And here you go, quick kids, I have a true or false question for you. Moses was a significant character in God's story. True or false? You guys sure about that? Well, let's read Deuteronomy 34, verse 10. And there has not arisen a prophet, a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Yes, it's true. Imagine following in his footsteps. That's a tough act to follow. Would you agree? And yet here's Joshua. He's back on the banks of the Jordan River. Has he ever been here before? What do you guys think? Adults, you can answer this too. Yes. What happened 40 years ago? What did Joshua and Caleb and 10 other men do? They went in to spy out the land and they came back and two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were like, yes, we can do this. God is with us. Ten of them said, there's no way. This land is way unconquerable, if that's a word. It's too unconquerable. It's too hard. And they turned back because they didn't believe Joshua. Here he is again, this time his mentor, the prophet, the one that nobody else has been like, Moses is now gone, is gone. And God says, Joshua, I have an invitation for you. And this is something I want to camp out on for just a moment because it's something that I hope that you take with you into this week. I want to introduce some of you to a new term. Um, kids will know this term a little bit. I wasn't quite sure how to do it, and I thought, you know, if I had really been good uh, at my sermon preparation, I would have come up with a good video for to show you right here. I, I didn't. Um, but imagine this. I have a, a basketball right here, and if you can see over in the dark, I, I can bring it over here. Right, I can bring this basketball goal, figure out how to, wasn't sure how to work with my prop a little bit, but I'll bring it in the light so we have people at home, cameras, everybody can see. You know, so if I were to go to the back of the auditorium or maybe have a kid stand up and go to the back of the auditorium and maybe blindfold him, have his parents spin him around 20 times, maybe we can do this, maybe not, we won't, maybe not, we'll, we'll see, maybe at the end of the service. Um, and spin around 20 times, and then we all watch as he, he or she throws it, and it goes in. How many of you guys know if it went in what you're supposed to say? Anybody have any, any guess? Any, if it went in, there's a certain word, and it's important, or a certain phrase that I want you guys to say. Does anybody know out there? It's like, all right. 
Let's go, right? That's, I mean, now, this is this group called Dude Perfect. Maybe some of you older people don't know about it, but if you're a younger person or a parent of a younger person, you know if you do something extraordinary like that, you spin around, he makes it in there. Oh, that was close. I was hoping maybe God, I, I kind of prayed, Lord, it would be kind of cool for my point, but I, I didn't, wasn't planning on throwing it, but I thought maybe, but never mind. It'd be exciting, right? I need you guys to say that for a second, right? You say, let's go. That's right. That's, you guys got to go introduce you to Dude Perfect. Your kids can show you that later on. And again, um, I want that phrase in your mind for a moment because God has an invitation for Joshua. They've been here before. They've been on the banks of the river 40 years ago, and they turned back. And here they are again. What's God's invitation to Joshua? Let's go. The question as we read this morning is, what does it look like to go? What does it look like to respond to God's invitation to go? We may have a lot of different things in our own minds, you know. We know what it looks like to watch a dude perfect and to, you know, film for, you know, a whole week to try to boil it down to five videos of cool. They're pretty cool to watch. What does it look like to go with God? Because I, I think that's the invitation the book of Joshua lays out there for not just Joshua and not just for the Israelites, but for God's people, for us. He said, like, hey, let's go. For Joshua, yes, Moses is dead. Yes, you're staring at a river in flood stage. Yes, there's large fortified cities and huge armies of mighty warriors on the other side standing in your way but it's time. Let's go. What insurmountable obstacle is God calling you to walk into today, tomorrow, the next day? One thing that we can learn from God, he rarely leads his people into easy situations but he always has a destination in mind that is far greater than anything we can imagine. 1 Corinthians 2.9 What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Let's go. I love the idea of going with God. Yes, let's do this. But let's see where he's inviting us. Joshua 1, verse 2. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. If you go back in Deuteronomy eleven 24, you'll see this exact same promise that God had made to Moses. He's like, hey, let's go. Let's do this. Imagine, I don't know how many of you, I don't know if it's just girls, how many of you girls at least though, or maybe guys too, how many of you love horses? I'm curious. And this is, there's girls of all ages, and I, I think guys love horses too, but there's something strange God did between girls and horses. I don't know. And any horse lovers out there? All right. I see some hands. I know there's more. I know my daughter loves horses, right? And imagine and she's been, you know, bargaining and talking about, you know, maybe some distant day where we could, like, get a horse. And so imagine it's Christmas Day. You know, my daughter 
runs downstairs and I'm sitting there. And like, Merry Christmas. Look out there. Do you remember that horse I promised you? I'm giving it to you. It's over there. Sure, there's a river of molten lava, hungry crocodiles, and an army of people eating ogres between you and the horse, but it's yours. Let's go. That'd be a cool children's book story that maybe we could write. The adventure that God invites his people to is just like this. Actually, as we get into the story, and as we will over the next several months, we'll learn an important lesson. But I want to let you in on it right now. Uh, you know, it's, it's not something maybe I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag a little bit, so you're kind of have, I, I'll have to whisper it. So lean in forward, because here they are. They're going, they're on the Jordan River. God has said, I'm giving you this land, the promised land. It's your land. Let's go. Let's get it. But I got to tell you a little secret about it. So lean in a little bit. No, really. Guys, lean in. I gotta whisper it. It's not about the land. The gift is not about the land. So just park that away, because that'll come back later, right? Hebrews 4:8 tells us: For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. We'll see as the story goes, this land, this promised land, this hope, this rest, this thing that they were striving for and hoping for was just a small shadow of what God had in store for them. If it's not about the land, what is it about then? We'll keep reading in Joshua 1, verse 5. He gives us some clues here at the beginning of the story. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. This is God again talking to Joshua. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Got to start getting nervous when God says that a couple different times. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Don't be frightened, and don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So if it's not about the land, what is it about? God tells Joshua, I'm giving you the land. You know, I tell my daughter, I'm, I'm giving you the horse. No man will stand before you. Why? Because I will be with you. I won't leave you or forsake you. <laughs> will it be easy? 
No, you'll have to be strong and courageous. What does that mean? Again, we'll find out what it looks like and then what it doesn't look like as the story continues from this point on. But it means the journey is not going to be easy. In fact, there will be times where you will have to use all of your effort to stand firm and hold strong when you feel the winds and pressures of the journey will sweep you off your feet. That's what it means to be strong and courageous. Imagine a strong wind knocking everything down in its path. To be strong and courageous means to stand strong when everything in you wants to crumple into the wind and pressure that's around you. The question is, what are we to stand strong and courageous in? What is Joshua to stand strong and courageous in? What were God's people to stand strong and courageous in that we see throughout the book of Joshua? And then we look in the book of Judges to see, did they do it? Did they do what God was inviting them to do? And of course, the question here we are today isn't did they, it's will we stand strong and courageous? And what are we to stand strong and courageous in? Our strength, our effort, our abilities. What are we to stand strong and courageous in? From our passage that we read, the three these won't be the first time that these have ever been said in a sermon, and they're, they're, I couldn't help but follow Brian Nelson being alliteration or whatever it is. We, what did God give Joshua? His promise, his presence, and his precepts. How's that for a good Baptist church sermon right there? His promise, his presence, and his precepts precepts. His promise, it was the same promise that he had given Moses back in Deuteronomy 11. His presence of saying, I will be with you. His precepts, his words. Israel's king back in Deuteronomy chapter 17, God had instructed all of the future kings of Israel to make a copy of God's law that they could write it and read it and meditate on it and know it because if they stood strong and clinged to God and his word, then they would rule well. Strong and courageous isn't, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to go out into the world and I can do this on my strength and power. God invites us to cling to his promise, his presence, and his precepts or his word. And this is where I think the book of Joshua kind of gives us an interesting study about something that I'll just barely touch on right now. It's the, what is the intersection between faith and effort? The gospel message that we just got out of, you know, talks about the gospel is this story. It's this grand story that we're invited to. And, and Mike asked the question, what is faith? What does it look like? And, and he had the word allegiance kind of as a suggestion of maybe sometimes we think of faith as kind of this mental cognitive state of being or mind about something, but applying it to a word like allegiance. What does it look like to live your life with allegiance? To the Lord. We get to see again an example through this story of what it looks like, but that's something that we wrestle with because I know throughout much of my life, this idea of, of you know, it was, it's a challenging. Do I have faith in God or am I actually just putting effort into my own legalistic tendencies to try to please God? We'll see that as the story rolls on. But what king would be willing to put up with a servant who claims allegiance to them? And then sits back and says, I'm with you, king, but don't expect me to do anything. If it wasn't really about 
the land, what was it about? I'd suggest we start to get an answer when we think of the word trust. Again, it's, it's allegiance. It's a trust. It's a faith in action. That's why James 2.14 says, faith without works is dead. Just sitting back and saying, yes, I'm with you, but I will not do anything. I will not apply. I will not take your hand and trust you and walk with you through the river and on into the journey. Just like my invitation to my daughter to the horse of like, hey, I'm giving it to you. Let's go get it together. God had a plan for Joshua. He was calling him to something. God is calling us to something. Will it be easy? No, it takes strength. It takes courage. Not your own strength and not your own courage, but strength in the Father's hand. That was what God was inviting them to. That's what they had rejected the first time they were at the Jordan River. Now God is saying, let's go. What step of trust is God calling you to take? Often, whenever God has a plan for you or a quest, an adventure for you, it goes against every natural desire or in, you know, inclination that you may have on your own. If it didn't, it wouldn't take faith. It wouldn't take trust. It wouldn't take allegiance to him. You could do it in your own strength and power. And the Bible gives us example after example of people doing that. Moses, when he went out to try to fight the Egyptians on their own and he saw the guy beating up the slave, what did he do? He used his own strength and power. God, what did God do? He sent him to the desert to learn for years and years that no, Moses, it won't happen through your strength. It won't happen through your power. Joshua now is being, getting the invitation God is inviting him to join him. He's inv inviting us to join him. I heard someone say that when God you know, calls, sometimes what God's word asks us to do, sometimes people get offended by what the Bible asks us to do. You know, because it, it goes against our natural inclinations and our natural desires. That's what a faith journey is all about. I heard someone say it. They said, it may feel super painful like a part of you is dying to not give in to that temptation or that desire or that natural inclination. That's when you know you're on the right track because that's what faith is all about. It's a, faith in God is a death of self. That is when you're ready to finally trust him. Otherwise, it's not trust at all. So Joshua, the mighty warrior, walking in the footsteps of the great Moses, what a tall task. But what training program does he go through? How many push-ups does God have him do? How many pull-ups? You know, how many doors does God have him break down and train and do all this? What is, how many co-workers did Joshua have to beat out to get his stripes as the ultimate right-hand man of the Lord? We get to see it and watch it in the book of Joshua, but it's the same one that Moses was put through. God asked them both to do uncomfortable things. Things that don't come easily, things that went against their natural desires and expectations. God slowly taught them to trust him, to rely on his strength and not their own. You see, the truth is you can come to church and kids, you can grow up here memorizing all of these scriptures and all of these things, which are wonderful. They're a great baseline and foundation to do. But if you never trust in his promises, 
If you never trust in his presence and his words, then you're still standing on the other side of the Jordan River looking in. So we get to see the training program that God has for his leaders. And then here's the, a question. What title is Joshua? What title is he going for? What title is he trying to earn in this? And, and there's a part in here, I have to ask you, like, what's your favorite title that you've ever been given? Or maybe something that you've ever worked really, really hard for or something that you're just proud of, you know, and it could be as a mom or a wife or it could be as some, some uh, I'm sure some of you out there, maybe it was valedictorian. I never got close to that one. Uh, I, I can remember in high school, there was, I, at the time, well, it was it, a title or it's at least a role or something. I remember because I played a, a band instrument called the euphonium. And I put a lot of years into it. This is down in the Dallas, Texas area. And every year they would have a kind of an individual performance contest, whatever, for the whole region to see who could come together and make the top band in the region. And every year I would practice a little bit, or I wasn't super diligent at it, uh, but I could usually play pretty well. But anytime I'd go in front of the, uh, the judges, because you'd go in there and you'd play, and I was just like, super nervous my mouth was dry and you know any of you guys that have played an instrument like a band instrument no it's really hard to play an instrument when your mouth is dry and you're super nervous and and I would always just like, go in and you know make my way through it and leave and never wanted to see the results because I know I did terrible well my senior year you know I don't know exactly what happened but I practiced a whole lot and maybe I was just a senior and you know how you seniors are by that point like I didn't care what anybody else thought for that was and so I could just remember I went into the room and that year they actually did it in the most intimidating way possible rather than going into the room with just the judges you were in there with 15 other fellow students and they would just call you and, and your students were sitting all around and you'd play the instrument for whatever reason I played amazing it was the first time I'd ever actually been able to play and not just be like <laughs> And I remember like, wow, that felt kind of fun. And then the super most unexpected thing happened is I went to look at the, uh, you know, the, the lists came out of who made the band. And I made the top band in that area of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the all-region band. And it was a title. I was in there with like these other guys that were really amazing, you know. And I can just remember like, wow, that feels kind of good. I like being all-region that has kind of a cool name to it. Maybe it's all-star. Maybe it's whatever. When you look at the journey that God has for his leaders, for his people, what title do we aspire to? One that you, we saw it, we read it in the very first verse, and it says it twice in the first verse. It talks about Moses. If you have your Bible there, what is the title? If anybody has it there, what title does it give? In Joshua 1, says it twice about Moses. Testing you all because it's not up on the screen. So either look awkwardly down until somebody says it or we're going to be here a while. So you guys, I gotta, you guys got to give us, it's a, it's a quiz. I could do music if you wanted me to. Anybody see it? That's right. Good job. 
We don't have to be here. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. And again and again throughout the book of Joshua, it uses this, Moses, my servant, Moses, my servant. And I found it really interesting because it's not until the end of the book that we get around to verse 29, uh, chapter 24, verse 29. After these things, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. You see, my boys and I, we love to watch action movies. We love to see these stories about these like big, strong guys or these, these you know, spies or these people that can go in and do these amazing things. When you read the story of the Lord, you start to see what God values is far different than what we value. You see, I, I want to watch the movie about the guy that can do all these things or make all these great shots or do all this amazing stuff. God wants to get people, and it usually doesn't happen until the very end of their life, to finally and fully lay down their strength to him and, and to lay down everything else to trust him as their master. And finally, at the end of the book of Joshua, after God, Joshua has gone through God's training process not to get bigger and to get stronger, but to trust him more and more. And finally, it says, Joshua, the servant of the Lord. I believe God has an invitation for all of us today. The invitation is, let's go. But the pursuit isn't the land or the pursuit isn't the job promotion or the incredible ministry or the big house or whatever it is that our dreams are often filled with. The pursuit that God is inviting us to is to cling to his promise, to cling to his presence. And I don't know about you, but I'm just now learning what it means to trust and to start to, to hear and listen to the Holy Spirit's voice on a daily basis in my life. I still feel like an infant when it comes to it, but I have these moments and these glimpses where this can happen of trusting the Lord and trusting his promise, his presence, and his precepts, holding on to them. Read the book of, or read Psalm 1-1, talking about a man who clings to the Lord who meditates on it day and night and what it'll do. God has an invitation for us today. It's to fully trust him so that one day we will get to hear those words that the servant in Matthew 25, 21 in the story Jesus told said, well done, good and faithful servant by clinging to his promises, his presence and his precepts. And see, when Jesus came, he showed us that God had a far greater plan than just raising us as his servants. As John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. 
Jesus came. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus came as the ultimate servant. And he gave us his promise, his presence, and his word. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, let's go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, the book of Hebrews tells us again that the promised land and the rest that they were going into, they couldn't wait for, was just a shadow of a far greater rest that Jesus came to make possible for us all, that we could have that promise, that we could have his presence. Jesus said, unless I go, the Holy Spirit, the helper can't come to you. He says, I am so grateful that we don't have to go on this journey alone. The point of the journey is to take the Father's hands and to go. Where is God calling you to be strong and courageous this week? The journey will be difficult, but we were not left alone because God gave us his words to meditate on. Do you know his words? Jesus makes it very clear. Even for people, you know, even for people who come to church, people who are baptized, people who are sitting in small groups, but if you don't know him, he's inviting you to know him today. Let's go on a great adventure. A journey of faith is far wilder than any dude perfect trick shot but God is inviting us, saying, let's go. I don't know what faith journey God is calling you to right now. I do know it is not something great and huge more often than not that he's calling us to. It's something probably small. It's probably a relationship or a decision or something that's sitting right in front of you either right now or later today or tomorrow. It's a person that you're going to interact with. I don't know exactly what the faith journey looks like, but I know it goes against every inclination in our normal natural body. It goes against every appetite or every desire that we may have. God is saying, would you trust me? Would you cling to me and let me show you a brand new way? Even if that's doing the most painful thing possible, it's going to somebody and I don't know if it's going to somebody and saying, man, I know that I've hurt you or somebody, hey, I know there's been bitterness that I've been holding here or maybe it's not starting. I don't know what it looks like. God is saying, let's go. Don't just show up to church and sit here and say good sermon and go, let's go, trust me, hold on to my words, get to know, spend time with me this week. The book of Joshua is an invitation for us to lay down our strength, to respond to him with trust. How long will you stand there on the banks of the Jordan River when God is inviting you and saying, let's go? Let me pray. Father, we are grateful for the glimpse of your story that we get. And Lord, I don't know each story, but I'm so grateful that I know you. And you know every story of every person sitting here, every person that's watching at home. You know the journey, the adventure that you have in store, Lord. Maybe they've spent their whole life Maybe they've spent their life in, in pain or in bitterness or blind to what you're inviting them to do. 
I pray that you would put on every person's heart the knowledge, or at least just the next step, of what it means to go. And Lord, we know that whenever we're confronted with challenge and difficulty, or maybe we've sat here in church and said, yeah, I need to go talk to that person, and then we go to try to talk to them, and it just doesn't go the way that we want it to, Father. It doesn't end out the way, or maybe our hearts aren't ready for it. Lord, I pray that you would show us and lead us to go with you. And as we go and as we live that out, Father, I pray that we would make disciples of all nations, Father. And I pray that we could trust your presence that's with us. Lord, would you lead us as we go through the book of Joshua to hear what you have to say. Lord, even as it explodes our ideas about who you are and about what you've called us to do, I pray that you would change us and not let us stay the same. We're grateful for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We want to thank you again for joining us today and let you know that we love you and Jesus loves you. And you always have a place here at ACC. If you made a decision for Christ today or you just want to talk with someone, please don't hesitate to reach out. We have a really easy contact form you can fill out on our website, or you can call us at 360-293-3729. We would love to talk with you. Go in peace and have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon.